The following program may contain content that's inappropriate for young ears. Be ready to cover them up. Hi guys, welcome back to Let It Loose. So today we're going to get into Aaron's cave. I'm really excited. We're going to go swimming down there and transmute some sexual energy, which is one of the most potent creative energies you can possibly use to fuel other areas of your life. So wherever that you feel like you're lacking, if you feel like you're lacking trust in your heart or faith in yourself, that would be in the heart area. If you feel like you are lacking motivation and a drive and an ability to feel centered and like determined towards a goal, bring that energy to your core, to your lagoon of light, where you can transmute that and it can disperse all through the rest of your being and literally electrify every cell in you towards the intention that you have to either grow in some way, to gain faith in yourself in some way, to center yourself in some way, but you got to know what your intention is. So I'm going to help Aaron get there today, and hopefully all of you come swimming with us. Let's let it loose. Welcome to Let It Loose. We're going to get back into the cave today. This is my favorite place to be. I do a lot of my own work in my cave. And because Let It Loose has a lot more to do with sexuality than I let known out in the public eye, this is actually underneath the work for Let It Loose is sexual transmutation, being able to be home with your sexuality, knowing how to move that energy around in your body, which is a very creative, potent force. And it's an animal of its own, as I keep mentioning. It's got a flow of its own. So any energy you know of yourself, I hope that you can start to open up a little bit of room for the sexuality that needs to come in because that is truly a force of and a part of you that is not something that you are very familiar with, um, especially coming from the Western world. We're not taught to embrace. We don't even know what the word energy is when we're taught sex ed. You know, they don't talk about sex energy. They're talking about the anatomy of stuff, which is great because you need to know your body. They're talking about when not to have sex if you don't want to get pregnant. They're talking about how not to get pregnant. And that's all really important. But sexual energy is there for you and it's there for me. It's part of you as a human being, as an animal. We forget that we're not that far out of the jungle. So there's a whole practice related to not just sexual transmutation, um, which is literally just moving your sexual energy up in your body and transmuting it into neutral energy so you can use it as fuel for other areas of your life. But sexual energy is also something that lays dormant in you and is stuffed and suppressed and you know, dwindles down to almost like you're trying to keep an ocean behind a dam when you're not aware that you can bring it up, you can live with it. It's not necessarily something you need to lose all the rest of the balls that you're juggling um, around when it comes into your life. It's always been a part of you, but you just haven't been taught how to access it and how to play with it. And part of that's playing with yourself, but what a basic topic that is. I mean, we can go to town talking about technique about how to play with yourself, but how to play with yourself energetically is an art. It's like an art form and it allows you to be so much deeper with who you are and what you can bring this world because the energy that lies inside of your sexuality is so creative. It is truly a potent creative force that you are not accessing right now and you can be. And I'm going to be one of 
maybe a few people out here in the Western world right now that are called to be teaching this as part of their work. Chandrash was one of them. We had him in for Tantra. And this is very Tantra related. So anybody who knows the, you know, the word Tantra, oftentimes in the Western world, we think of it as this like acrobatic sex. So we think of it as like this, you know, legs up above the head and backwards and sideways. And yeah, that's Kama Sutra. That's part of Tantra. But Tantra is actually just not, most of it's not touching your partner or yourself at all. It's letting the energy flow between you and your partner through the eyes and through the breath. And so let's just leave the partner out of it for a second. If you were to look into yourself through the river of the breath that I offer in these practices, your attention is inside. So you're aware that you're in your body. And you can actually be looking at yourself because your consciousness is in there. Have you felt that yet doing any of the river of the breath exercises? I feel it like every time because what you've made me realize is like, my body, it's home yes. to my breath. And every time we go into the river and we focus on our breath, I'm not me, the physical form. I'm me, like the little you. ball of breath that comes yes. up through my diaphragm and up and around my heart and back down into my core. And that's where I am. This this skeleton, it's just A holding vehicle. that. Right. right. And yes, I love it. Home. It is home. I mean, it's really like that feeling when you get familiar with it, like you seem to be right now, like, cause I guess you've been practicing the river of the breath. I love hearing that. Love that. Um, P.S. Side note, people don't come and tell me when they've been practicing it. Like they don't, they don't come to me and go, oh my God. So I was in the river the other day. I saw this penguin float by. That was freaking awesome. I don't know why, but Hey, I laid with my, like around my heart the other time that I did this and I was in my lagoon and it, they don't tell me. But then I'll be in a conversation with somebody, I don't know, months later after I've given them the river of the breath, and they'll be like, oh, right, you know, my, my heart opened to this person I was never able to love before, and I, like, allowed myself to really go for it, and now we're going to Bali in two weeks because I've decided to, like, leave the job that I hated and want to work with, you know, children <laughs> in third world countries. I've heard this from like three different people, some magnanimous, huge change in their life regarding opening their heart because they spent a lot of time in the river of breath. And in the conversation with them, I go, oh my God, what, how, how did that help? And they're like, well, I did the river of breath and I was like opening up to my heart and I like followed the visuals there. And it was like, what, uh, I would have loved to have known that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think what it is, is not, not only do you come inside more, but you seem to get order in your life in all aspects of it. If you just take the time every day, a couple, you know, once or twice a day. It doesn't take long. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. take that long. 15 minutes. Have you seen any visuals yet in your work? Nothing yourself? beyond the point that we got it. Good. Because I'm going to take you a little bit into your cave today because that is the topic today is just getting back in there because I'm going to be showing more of the work today. And these are people, the ones that I spoke to just, that I spoke about just now that I'd spoken to at parties or whatever. They're people who have been in my life that I've done the work with, that I've said, you know, we've gone through enough of their visuals, that I've walked them through enough of their visuals that they knew the symbolic meaning behind them. It's one thing to see a penguin float by you in the stream, but if you don't know what that penguin represents, he's just a penguin. You might as well just be in like, you know, Mary Poppins in a cartoon in that moment, and that's fine too. But you actually want to know what you're doing inside because where your energy flows is where your attention goes. Your attention goes where your energy flows, and energy flows where attention goes. So if you have your attention inside of you, what's the point if you're not going to be cultivating and generating some awareness of yourself, some energy that you can harness and hold and then give out in the world. 
What is the point? Okay, it's great to, you know, just go inside and be quiet for a little while. Some people just need that downtime. But it's always for a bigger purpose, which is, as you said, to, what did you say, be more whole or you feel more centered? What did you say? What did you Not only it? do you feel more centered, but I feel like there's a greater order, order in my life. Okay, tell me what that means to you. Because I heard centered when you said that. Like, that's what translated to me. What it means to me is that not everything in my life is constantly scurrying around my head. And it's like uh, it's like you have a bag of marbles, mm-hmm. and each marble represents something in my life that I have to get done, that I know it's weighing on my mind, it's weighing on me heavily, physically. I can feel my body slump. And when I go into the river and I, and I focus for 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is, however long I can do it, I feel that when I come out of it, Things seem to just clear up and all those marbles are out of the bag and they're lined up. And I just know that I have to do this in this order. Oh, but guys, he hasn't come up with any visuals without me. Look at that. I know. That's a visual. It's a visual. Did you ever think about the marble bag prior to this moment when you were trying to figure that? There you go. I just had a breakthrough. That's your right brain. That's you. That's you coming through. That's a visual for you. That's a very symbolic visual for you. And if you and I were to go into work about these visuals, that particular one, you know, we'd want to find out what the marbles represent for you. How many did you see? You realize how simple this work actually is. You don't have to, you're not thinking about it. You weren't thinking about the marbles just now. I, I just asked you the right question. What did you mean by, I heard centering. What did you mean by order? And boom, that was the right question for you. All of a sudden you start to, you know. Yeah, I think my dad thinks they're rocks, but you know, I think they're marbles. Maybe to your dad. They're rocks. Maybe your dad's holding under some rocks. He definitely right? is. Um, boulders. Boulders. Oh, God. Our parents definitely have boulders, you know, hanging around. And again, back to the what's my shit, what's your shit show, right? <laughs> Which was just an awesome show. That's like how I live my life. You constantly have to look at what you're holding on to that's yours and what you're holding on to that maybe somebody gave you or that you took from them, um, either to make their day easier or lighter or you know you didn't even realize you were holding on to it and it's been causing all this extra weight on you that you're now ready to let go of and you can't really do that until you take all of the items out of the bag and line them up and that's in direct metaphor link to one of mine up the mountain of life which is your backpack i have a metaphor about a backpack that you're walking with you're hiking with and you get to a checkpoint and you take the backpack off and when you undo the backpack you take out each item that's in there and line them up like your marbles. And you're looking at each one individually going, who did that come from and what does that represent? Do I need that right now? And wow, that one used to feel so heavy. And now for whatever reason, maybe the work I've been doing in my life or the lessons I've learned so far or whatever, that one feels a lot lighter. This one used to be so much bigger. Oh my God, this used to be gargantuan. I used to not be able to fit it at the top of my backpack. The zipper used to be undone and whatever. And now it's like this tiny little pebble in comparison to what it was. I'm going to put that one in my pocket because, you know, it's a reminder of some huge lesson I had to learn that carried so much weight with it and was so hard for me to walk up this mountain with. But now I've learned that and I'm going to keep this little reminder of it with me like a trinket. So your marbles represent all of these things for you. Mm -hmm. Do you understand that? Yeah. No, totally. So the work that I do in my sessions is literally we would go through those marbles we would go all right well pick up one right in front of you right now how many first of all how many are in front of you a ton 
I got a, a lot of lot, like a yeah, bag of marbles. I got a big bag of marbles. Yeah, but when you look now at how you've lined them up in front of you, are there two lines or is there just one long line? There's one line? long line. Cool. Where how long does it go? Uh look, I'm I'm standing on grass. I line them all up and I would say they go from three on my left. I have like six in front of me and it's I have another specific. three on yeah, my right. Six, nine, twelve. I got twelve marbles. There are 12 of them, yeah. not hundreds. All 12. of a sudden, there are 12. 12 issues. Okay. 12 things. Are they all the same size marble? They are. And are they different colors? They're all blue. Okay. Can you see through the blue, or are they kind of like a matte? They're not matte, but they're a bit murky with like a tinge of white. You know? mm-hmm. So are they like those blue and white marbles? Almost, yeah, yeah. Like I can, I know what the marbles are from. Like we used to have, I and mean, you, the f- know, you even know why you're seeing marbles. I don't know why I'm seeing marbles, but I know that I've seen these marbles before in my life. Okay. Yeah. And now when you think about that, do you know where you've seen these marbles before? Or is it a feeling that is conjured that you've seen these, that these, you know, these marbles, you know, these are your marbles. There's I, a difference. I know that I own these marbles. At some point in time, these marbles were my marbles. Okay. But I don't know what each one represents. And well, but that's not the question right now. The question is. From your right brain, this is so perfect, perfectly indicative of my work here. Your right brain knows these marbles, okay? Like you, Aaron, are the house within which both left and right brain exist, okay? So they're both a part of you. You have to utilize both of them to live in this plane of existence on the horizontal scales, right? Mm -hmm. But you're also like a vertical entity, as you said, that's growing and ascending all the time in your own evolution of spirit. That's you living vertically within while you are operating horizontally out here in this physical dimension. That's why we're all so confused and fucked up. Like, how fucked up? We have to live horizontally, but we're also, like, ascending vertically all the time. And I think, going that, inward, I right? think, I think that's what represents my marbles. Look, the, the, the marbles are lined up horizontally. Mm. But just because they're horizontally and they're the marble by itself... The issue is vertical. And I think like there's issues with each marble. You, you know what see, I'm saying? Can you see them? What's vertical to the marbles? The marbles were definitely horizontal in front of you. I saw uh, yeah, that line. Right. But there like each marble represents one thing. Mm-hmm. And the and whatever that one thing is, is vertical yeah, it has above like, it. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so cool. Yeah. That is such a perfect symbol of this. Okay. So most of what I just said. A lot of the time, I don't know why I'm saying what I'm saying. And then we do. Then we realize why I'm saying what I'm saying. It always comes full circle. Always. Just trust me. Go with it. Right. Well, you're totally with me. But here, look. That's your strife, though. Just right off the bat, we don't even have to know what those marbles represent right now. Your strife, a lot of it, is tied into the fact that you don't know how. No, not how. But you are conflicted, I would say. Being bigger than your body's built for. Or like that you're growing you're kind of out of place. You know, you have this like horizontal world that you're told to live in Mm -hmm. a certain way, but you don't feel aligned with that. Your issues usually spring from the anxiety around the fact that you don't feel like you fit in those boxes on the horizontal. Right. Like each, each marble horizontally is like its own subject of like an issue. It's its own box, Mm -hmm. but like vertically, I'm just imagining a list like I'm going through a bullet point, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. That's your left Within brain. each marble. Okay. Yeah, it's like each marble is like a column. Mm-hmm. And within I each column. I see the columns. Yeah. I saw those. Are the columns different colors? No. They're all blue. They're all blue. Okay. When you look at one, where are you standing right now? You said there are three to your left and then 
there's nine in front or six in front of you and then three, three on the other side. side. Yeah. There's three on each side and you've got six in front of you. That's so cool. So why don't you just look at the one right in front of you? Do you see, I want you to look not at the marble, but at the column. Mm-hmm. What's the first visual you get of the column now that you're actually centered on one of them? I don't think the the column is is visible, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I envision each marble as its own separate issue. Yes, And I within that. that marble, it's like each issue is horizontal. Mm-hmm. And... I don't even know. Okay. I I don't even know. I don't think I'm that far along. No, you are. I can see what you can see. Yeah. So the marble, actually, if you look at it, we always call this planet the blue marble. Mm -hmm. If you look at each marble as if they're a world of their own, a planet of their own, a planet of their own. Biggest one is work. The biggest one is work. Where is it? You're standing on grass. Mm -hmm. You've got these six in front of you. You got three on either side. Where's work? Where's the work marble? Right in front of me. Okay. The biggest one. Ah, but you said they were all the same size. Well, the Is biggest now bigger. No, no, no. They're all the same size, but I, I focus on this one, and that one represents work. So that's the one you're focusing on right now. Yeah. Okay. Now I want you to look at that marble. Like pick it out of the entire six that are in front of you. No, that marble represents work. And if each of these marbles represents a world of their own, as if it was a planet of its own, right? Little microcosm of its own stuff mm-hmm. in it. This one is work, work related. Pick it up. And I want you to hold it in the palm of your hand and tell me what it looks like. See it from every dimension. Turn it around. Um, roll it in your hand. Feel it in between your fingers on the palm of your hand. It's like a navy blue. And it's got, you know, kind of white murkiness as if like you're seeing clouds from space. You know, there are specks of green in there, but it's predominantly blue with mm. murky white. Murky white. Mm-hmm. So as if you were looking down at a planet covered in clouds with water. Mm-hmm. Does it kind of look like Earth? It kind of does look like Earth. It does kind of look like You said even specks of green. Uh, little specks of like, yeah, like... Uh, it's the color of our planet. <laughs> I know. Maybe I'm just seeing Earth. No, well, that yeah. wouldn't be unusual because as I said, if these marbles represent a world of their own... The world that we know of is our reference point to that. So symbolism speaks to what your heart knows. Symbols come from your heart, from your right brain, which is your imagination, which speaks to your heart. And I I keep saying you can't talk to your heart linearly. You can't beat the shit out of your heart and say, stop loving that person. Stop being anxious about work and, you know, stop feeling like you're a failure and stop. you You don't do that to your heart. It doesn't work that way. Your heart is hurt irrationally through rejection and abandonment and feelings of inadequacy that stem from early on. It's irrational. It doesn't work in logic. You can't talk to it linearly. Go with the fucking symbols, you know? And I always say, if you see a pink and purple polka dot giraffe, get on and write it. Don't be like, why am I seeing a pink and purple polka dot giraffe? Get out of here. I'm supposed to be looking at clouds. No, it just came by because something in your heart is starting to get spoken to because you're present enough inside with your breath, with your consciousness, with me sitting here. You know how powerful it is to connect two people, one microcosm connecting to another, one entity connecting to another in a stream of thought? Do you know how powerful that is? That's communication. How often do we actually even talk to each other? Like this. Like from the real depths inside. And you don't even feel like you're getting that deep. I know. Do you realize how deep you're getting? You're talking to your heart right now. 
your heart just brought up a visual of a marble that looks like planet Earth, symbolically, that represents work. Your heart just told you you have 12 issues right off the bat. We don't know if they're 12. The words, Mm -hmm. numbers, they're all constructs. They don't mean anything. It's a good place to start, though, because the deeper you get into this, the less constructs you begin to see and the more in-depth the meaning behind what the constructs were showing you begins to show so let's keep going real quick because i'm going to i'm going to get you to transmute this today sexually it's going to align perfectly with the show okay okay all right i'm in good you have it in the palm of your hand how big is it not as big as my palm i would probably say hmm the size of a regular marble maybe a little bit bigger how heavy is that can you feel it? Can you bounce it kind of up and down? Or is it... I want you to just become aware of the weight of it. I can definitely like toss it up and down in my palm just with a little flick of my wrist. Mm-hmm. So it's really not that big of a cumbersome thing. No. But it's full of cloudiness in there, murkiness. Yeah. Density. Density is what I see. Because you said navy blue. Now navy... Now colors are so... Because um, I'm not just doing this with you right now, I'm also walking you through the work, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so colors in imagery are also very symbolic. Um, the darker a color is, the more dense the feeling, the more dense and heavy the um, energy surrounding that issue is in your life. And I don't want to use the word issue because a lot of things that are feeling heavy are not necessarily issues. You could have a great big love for somebody that feels heavy, Um, Because it's just so full of love. Um, And it just holds such an importance in your life. So weight can be from importance Mm -hmm. or it can be from something you're holding on to that's heavy because it's a drain or a drag or a strain. Mm -hmm. See the difference? Yeah. So you can be heavy. It doesn't necessarily, you can be dense, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a negative thing. Right. It can just mean it holds importance. So navy blue, symbolically, would represent something totally different energetically than, say, if you were to have seen a light blue, like a turquoise. I feel that, yeah. Definitely. It has a feeling associated with it, doesn't it? So tell me what the feeling of navy blue is associated for you. How does navy blue feel to you? We already used the word dense as one. It's tough to look through, which means it's not clear. It's got murkiness, and it's very important to me. It's like the only thing I think about. I wake up, and boom, it's that marble. What is it specifically? You worry? Yeah, a lot of worry. A lot of worry. A I lot see of a lot anxiety. of worry. Cloud, cloudiness symbolically represents worry, being unclear about something, which causes anxiety. You know, worry is that cloudiness in your mind. Mm-hmm. What is the navy blue then? If the cloudiness represents... The navy blue, the cloudiness is my worry, and it's my uncertainty. There you go. But Great the navy word. blue... While it's it's a dense color and it's difficult to see through, it's also comforting. And mm-hmm. it's also the color of my lagoon mm-hmm. because I'm comfortable mm-hmm. and I like what I do. But there is an inherent uncertainty with the future and the direction that I'm going in. And that is my murkiness. Is it because of... Is the murkiness associated with the uncertainty of what could occur with how people view your work? Is it about the external environment not taking it? Or is it about an uncertainty more inside and within of what you're going to be producing, what work you're going to be doing? Because I think you're very comfortable with your work. You're comfortable with you. 
yeah. and just putting something new out there. Like that's your work, really. Your yeah. work is Aaron, okay? But like the uncertainty, the murkiness, the insecurity, the anxiety surrounding that would come from what? What you think others would take your work as? I think it's both. I think it's one, uh, what other people perceive and what other people think about what I'm doing. Um, Because it's unconventional, mm-hmm. you know? I have friends that went to college and boom, right away, they're right into the 40-hour-a-week you know, workforce. Lucky them, huh? And, and I had that. I had, you know, I was a marketing major and I had three different internships in marketing. And on the last one, I decided, I'm getting out. I'm going to do something that I want to do. You're following your heart. And so, yeah. And so that is the, that's the navy blue. That's the comfort in knowing that there's no price on happiness. But there's also the internal uh, uncertainty and anxiety because it's like the anxiety of like producing. Okay, it's now all on me. Like you said, right. what am I'm I doing gonna is... Am I going to run out of ideas? Am I going to run out of ideas? Are people going to like what I'm doing? Right. Not only do I have a fear of being judged, but like... I don't think you care about that as much. I don't, I don't think, think you I, care if some I, guy thinks you're a douche. I, it's not that. I want to be... You want to be... a acknowledged for what you're bringing i want to i want people to value value my shit right right. like i value it and i want my ideas to be heard right and that is my anxiety for work is if it's not heard if i am not heard the way i want to be out the way you want it to yeah and like my ideas kind of going through this conveyor belt mashing a chicken nugget together with like everyone and not being taken into pure form how does that relate to your work and what you're doing right now uh, are you the chicken like, nugget? If, no. Or are you the one making the chicken nugget? What are you doing? The idea the idea is the chicken. The idea is the, <laughs> the chicken. The poor chicken's been taken apart and now is put well, look, with giblets of maybe other animals in that nugget. Yeah. What are you saying? Is that, the idea is, that is the word? live chicken. Okay. Now, the chicken nugget is if the idea is taken and, oh, we'll just do this. You got to modify it this way. Right. And I don't want that. In other I, words, you give them a live chicken. I'm right? giving you a live chicken. Um, which is amazing in its own right. And it's organic and it's exciting and it does fun things and it's unpredictable. And it's like in its purest form, this is what I can bring, right? But then right. they're going to turn it into your fears being turned into a McDonald's McNugget, which we're not even sure is chicken. Yeah, anymore. I don't think it is. It emulates chicken nuggets. Not really, actually. Have you ever looked inside one? So it's kind of that thing. Is that maybe along the lines of I what think fears? so, yeah. They're going to take your natural product... And then chop it up and put it with giblets of other animals that are not even maybe animals. Yeah, and make like it you into some that. synthesized and, thing. Yeah, right. And like, I'm not going to, you know, suggest anything outlandish, but like, I would like ideas to be heard in a way that are not going to be right off the bat just no. Right. Like, I want my ideas to at least be heard. Right. So we had the millennials in last week, mm-hmm. right? To talk about our bananas, because we're not millennials, we're bananas. We've decided we hate that word, right? constructs throw them off they were saying the same thing you know they have these amazing ideas that they bring to the workforce stephanie was lucky enough that she's in an environment she carved this out for herself she went and found a cohort of people her age through usc through a program that's being created for new ideas to blossom out of um you know a social change that they want to see happen in um immigration Right. Mm -hmm. She joined a program like that. I mean, she went online and found one because she has a voice and she wants to be with other voices and make the platform. And I keep telling her your own platform. You can't be looking for a platform that already even kind of sort of exists like the one you want to bring. 
and hoping that it's out there and you can jump on it as sort of like a springboard to be your own self. You're the platform. And I think that's the scariest thing for a lot of millennials to realize. And I'm going to take the word out. Millennials. Fuck the concept of millennials. The younger generation now, anyone that's like 20 to 35, okay, it's 15 years of the, this like amazing energy in this generation, um, has a lot to bring and they don't know where to bring it. They don't know, they don't know where to bring it because there's no platform for what you, what your voice is that you have that is different to what's out there right now. Nobody's doing what you're doing. What you have inside of you to bring, nobody's done it yet. Mm-hmm. So you are on your own. You are a pioneer. I had that realization. It freaked me the fuck out. When you get that realization, it's going to freak you the fuck out. Stephanie's been freaked the fuck out. She's like, wait a minute. There's no buddy that I'm like waiting for that's going to be like, oh, I see your gift and talent. Here's a platform for you to jump on and let me spread you to the world. No. You build your own platform. You're going to build your own. Because the ones that are the older ones, they don't want, there's no room for you on their platform. They want you to get molded to their platform and that's the thing I, they're not going to give up their platform to make room for yours with the younger generation i think that's the main thing it's like we have all these ideas and the older generations whether you're you know a baby boomer or generation x or z b y d <laughs> again whatever it is whatever it is if you're an older, older person right and we're only you, generalizing here everybody because there are those that are really sound of mind and, and soul and are incredibly enlightened people of every generation so please do not attack me or Aaron or anybody I have on this show for saying that we're younger, so we're better, okay? Like, everybody from every generation has their own stuff to bring, and you it comes down to who you are as a person and what you have to bring. It doesn't matter how the old how old you are. You know what? Come attack me. Bring some buzz to right? the show. Aaron's let's, let's, totally let's ready. He's like, what? But uh, you know what? Love like, it. we all have Go ideas, and we just want to be heard. And we, we recognize that the older generations realize that we have these ideas, but... We're frustrated mm. constantly by because the closed by, door. By the fact that it's not closed, but you have to squeeze your Barely way into open. their yes. idea of what the door should yes. be. And yes. it's frustrating that we have these ideas that can burst the door open. Yeah. That we can transform the way we're doing things. Yes. But we're not given the opportunity. And they're not opening the door enough to hear us okay, and so, to let us in. Awesome metaphor for it. This is what we talked about last week. And this is what I'm saying now. They don't want, there's no room for you to have a new platform to burst that door open. There's no room for that. They have the platform right now. They're holding on to it for dear life. Why? They need to. Look at the fucking economy that we're in. They can't afford to retire right now. Retiring age has gone up by like 15 years. Mm-hmm. They're freaking out too. And they want to keep things new and fresh. So what do they need? They need new fresh energy, but on the platform that they've already created. They're not willing to give that up. And they're not, and they're not willing to take the chance, enough of a chance, to say, okay, this, that, this thing that we've done in this business has worked, but now it's working a little bit less because things are changing. And we need to make some really great stand and be like, all right, let's take a new risk. But I don't want to do that because I don't want to take that big risk. Like, I don't want to take that big risk to let this new idea in that's going to shake things up and change things. So, no, we're going to keep things the way they've been for 30 years, but we're going to add in some of the new energy that you've got because we like it. We're going to sprinkle it on top of the cake that we've been eating for the last 30 years, but we're not making a new cake. I don't want to take that risk here. The fear is if you blow the door open, you're also opening yourself up to the opportunity of the people within the room, they might leave. 
But you'd be getting all new people in a new platform. But that's the risk you take, right? By taking the chance, taking yes. the leap, opening they the door, blowing to. it open. They don't want to take the chance because the world is very iffy right now. There's nothing stable out there. Even the housing market's not stable. Nothing's stable. People have mortgages to pay. They have kids that are going to college. They have. We're talking about the ones that you know have the platforms right now with the doors that we're barely trying to squeeze open to get our new ideas out. Uh, and we're just like barely given the ability to put sprinkles on the cake. Like we're more than sprinkles. We've got our own amazing stuff that we're eating up alive, right? We're eating ourselves. Mm. We're eating that every day. We want to share it. We need a platform to share it. So we're not being given one because they don't really have the space right now to share that platform, to take that risk, to say, like, the, let's take that risk on something new. And we're going to lose who we do, but let the chips fall where they may. And that means, like, let's fall into alignment with the universe, really, and trust the flow. Let go of the boulder. Remember that one? Mm -hmm. Let go of the boulder. Flow into the river. Trust the flow. The scariest part is letting go. Once you're in, you're like, oh, this feels pretty good. And then everything that happens aligns with that intention. If your intention is strong enough to take that leap of faith into the new, oh my God, you're free falling. Everything's going to align with what your intention is to make that thing happen because now you've opened this whole new space for creation to happen. This whole new space for creation. And it goes back to the navy blue because, look, I was making more money as an intern than I'm making now. It was and I've been solid, here, but you were bored out of your mind. Yeah. I mean, it's solid, but I, I hated what I was doing. Every morning I would wake up and I'd have to commute. And I don't mind commuting if, if it's for something that I want to do. But I would get in that office and with the new companies, millennial-focused companies, they do everything at the workplace to make you forget that you're at work. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you have to do your job and you have to perform the tasks and the duties that you're hired to do. Mm -hmm. And what I was doing, it made me miserable. Why but did the it moment, make you miserable? Because Were I knew in the back of my mind. No, no. One, I was like a glorified telemarketer okay. with, under the guise of like, hey, you're a digital marketer. The only thing digital was the fact that the people I was calling, the list of people, was on a computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Right. You didn't have any creative freedom to do exactly. what you want to do and, right now. You had to start at the beginning, which is being an intern, like the gopher, like getting the coffee and making the copies and whatever. Right. You start somewhere up the ladder of the... It's a corporate... Ladder. You don't want to be on the corporate ladder. No, but the moment I took the That's leap why. of faith and I accepted the fact that I am starting at the bottom rung, boom, so much more comfort, so much more confidence. I'm doing what I want to do. Mm. I'm, I'm writing more. I mm -hmm. feel like I'm expressing myself you more. You set yourself free. I liberated myself. You set yourself free. You liberated yourself. I grew out my hair. I started changing the way I, I walked. I started changing the way I dressed. Everything about me became more me. Love that. What were you like before? I've only seen you like this. I was a bit of a stiff. I, really? I can't even imagine it. I think I've been the same guy, honestly. But I, I do feel that... You're the one sitting here telling me how much you changed. What do you realize that you changed about yourself? I, I don't feel, have a basis of comparison. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do care about what people think. I care about it way less now than I did ever before. And that's only going to keep growing. And I spend my time the way I, I want to spend it. Yeah. And I do things that I want to do. And whether it's with people or without people. What did you used to be like? Uh, I used to be much more, not friendly, but I used to be much more like, hey, like, let's... Sugar-coated. Yeah, and let's hold back here and not say what we actually feel, and let's just go along with the group. Let's and not mind our P's and Q's. Exactly. Be a and good like, boy. Let's not be an independent thinker here. Right. But the moment I took the leap of faith, like you're talking about, 
liberated. And yeah. there is that period of like, oh shit, it's the leap and I'm falling. That's the scariest part. But then you land and it's, you know, it's, it's actually it's a not. Pillow. Can I tell you what the scariest part is? It's not even when you're falling. It's when you're running off the cliff. Yes. Yeah. It's the second before your feet leave the ground that you have or the boulder that you've been holding on to. That thing that's holding you back, when your heart is coming forward and saying, I want more, I want more. Like it feels, you feel it inside of you. It comes in, it's almost torturing sometimes when you're not living out your authentic self. If you are becoming aware of your authentic self, you feel it starting to kick your ass. It starts to kick your ass on that cliff. I literally was booted off of mine. Somebody came around, one of my guides, literally kicked my ass off the cliff. They're like, you're ready to fly, go. I'm like, oh my God, wait a minute, stop. Okay, oh my God, actually I can fly. <gasps> oh my God, I can fly. Holy fuck, look at my wings. Like that is what happens. So it's that moment right before you let go. Either that you're springing off that cliff, whatever visual works for you, or you let go of that boulder. And as I said on the show with Chandrash, you're holding on with both hands and it's literally like each finger at once. Bing, bing. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> it's like that last bink of the finger letting go of that rock. And like, you, I got it, I got it, I got it. Ah. Uh-huh. And have you noticed one thing? And this is true about orgasming as well. And very quickly, I'm going to take yeah, you to sexual that? transportation. Yeah, yeah. we got to do this. got to do this in two minutes flat, which which will help a lot of people come faster. Yeah, um, right. I only need two We're minutes. coming energetically. He only needs two minutes. I see. I'm going to help you with that with Tantra. We're going to keep you uh, in your stamina. But, um, okay. Oh. Lost that train of thought. We went to sex and then boom, I'm all over the place. And it's gone. Mm, Take a second. What are we talking about? You're talking about it with Sean. Oh Drench? right, 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 right. No, I, we did that. Okay. Have you noticed that? <laughs> you can probably keep this in. Every time I talk about sex with somebody else, like my mind just slips to that because it's a totally different part of my um, energy. So my mind, my energy goes down there. Now I have uh, to like bring it back up from my cave. Isn't that interesting? Because I was over here with you in the heart. Okay. So basically, do you notice that when you hold tight, um, when you're about to lose something, not out of like a loss, but you feel like something's about to change, you hold on that much tighter mm -hmm. out of this anticipation of it changing. You don't want it to change. We hate change as humans. We want homeostasis. We're always striving to find homeostasis and like center it. Like I want to feel grounded in my hut. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what we want from our ancestors and in our genetic code to survive because change makes us feel unsafe mm -hmm. and be feeling unsafe is not a survival technique. We want to survive. We want to keep our species thriving. So it's ingrained in us to feel uncertain about change and not like it. So we don't want things to change. But when we sense that it's about to change, because it's one thing you can always like hands down 100% rely on to be consistent is change it's consistent change is consistent bank on it okay so when we feel it happening we hold on tighter to what we're afraid to let go of that we're afraid to like change what we're afraid to see change and we know it's about to change we hold on to it that much tighter mm -hmm. so that's what happens before the leap of faith so the anxiety that you're feeling right now the the angst that you walk around with I want to just tell you, I see it as the opposite of what you think that marble represents for you. I think that marble actually represents your heart, you following your heart, you having taken that leap of faith because the majority of that marble is navy blue from what I see. There's less murky than there is navy blue in there, in there. Mm -hmm. That's your heart. 
It's your heart that you can hold on to and go, I'm following my dreams. I'm following what my heart is telling me I want to do. And it's not necessarily the corporate ladder versus you being on your own in a funky yeah, studio. Like, Fuck the system. Right. No, it's you not know, you're bad. not into anarchy necessarily, but that's even a word of a contract. It's a construct of its own. The point is you're following your passion. You're following what you feel your purpose is, which is to bring this voice that you have that nobody else does. So you're being authentic. You're being real to your true self. That's liberating. So even if you were holding on to that rock before out of fear of like not having a stable job or whatever, and you let go, and that really panicked moment was the moment before you let go. Now you've let go, you're flowing in the river, you feel good. The angst comes from the fact that maybe you can't swim some days. Oh my God, am I going to forget? How to you fucking flew into the river. Like <laughs> You let go, you jumped. You know how to fly. You know how to swim. You know how to dive. You know how to be in the flow. That is a very evolved place to go. People don't know how to flow. So that marble, I think, is right for you today from your heart that represents trust yourself. You got this far with it to find that marble. You got this far with it to find your hair grown out and, you know, your quirky uh, laid back but very poignant and philosophical nature about life. It doesn't matter how old you are. Age is a fucking construct. I've always felt no age in me. And I don't think you feel an age in you. It's not about age. It's just what you do with every day of your life in a mindful, beautiful, purpose-driven way in the flow that you are creating. That marble is your reminder of it. So stop focusing on the murky Look at the navy blue that is the density and the, the weight that you hold of the importance of what you know, value you put on yourself. Your authentic self is your work. Your work is your purpose. Your work is you. That's why I let it loose is me. I say it's my work. It's me. My work is me. Your work is you. Hold on to that marvel of navy blue. And that rhymed. Anyway, last but not least, to sexually transmute, I want you to really quickly close your eyes. Get into your pelvis. So float down in the bottom of your breath. I taught you how to breathe there last week. You're going to breathe all the way up to the top of that breath and hold. And as you breathe out, like you're blowing air out of a beach, beach ball, push it all the way down to the bottom of that breath till you cannot breathe out anymore. And I want you to find yourself at the bottom of that breath. Don't move. Just stay in that quiet your consciousness is at the bottom of your breath now, bottom of your lagoon. And I want you to visualize yourself right now at the bottom of your lagoon. We don't have time to go into the visuals. Just see yourself there and begin to sink into the sediment of your lagoon. Drop into your cave. Imagine yourself having just dropped into that sand that we saw you in. You said it was just soft sand and there was like a little hill that you went and sat on where I left you last did you see yourself falling through the cave I want you to notice where there's water running I don't know if you hear the same slow drip that I do or not but follow where the water sounds like it's coming from And you can tell me this part. 
whether you're like near a pond or is there like water coming down off the walls or like a waterfall somewhere that you can't see that you can hear what do you hear almost like a river like my cave there's like a lake inside of it like mm -hmm. a little lagoon yes but around the corner i hear a waterfall great there's no water on the rock great but i hear it you hear in it. the distance around the i corner. want you to look at the pond it's like a pond right mm-hmm it's not really much bigger than that. You said yeah, lagoon. Yeah, it's not a lake. Right. A it's like a little lagoon pond. Sure. What color is that, Aaron? It's like uh, the same color as my marbles. It's like that Powerade blue, you know? Powerade. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's like an electric blue. Yeah, Powerade. it's like an electric. Now it's electric blue, so it's not navy that, blue. Oh, yeah, that's the color of my lagoon. Electric blue. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. Take your marble out of palm of your hand like you brought it down with you i hope because now we've established it's part of your heart that you wanted your heart wanted to share with you look at the marble now in relation to this power aid blue this electric blue like electric feel like the song she's gonna teach you how to swim <laughs> um and i want you to dive into this power aid blue electric blue lagoon with your marble in the palm of your hand. I don't know how you got in. I don't know if you jumped in, dove in, floated in, walked sunk in. in. You walked in. I actually saw you walking in just now. And I want you to just float there in what you feel is the middle. And whether or not you have, you can feel the earth underneath your feet or not. I don't know how deep this goes. Do you know how deep it is where you are? I don't know how deep it is, but I can feel it with my feet. Okay. So I want you to imagine right from the center where you are, there's like a small whirlpool beginning to happen that's gently turning you clockwise. And feel the water on either side of you as you extend your hands. Hold your marble still in the palm of your hand there. What does the water feel like? It feels light. It's whooshing through my hand, but not like an aggressive whoosh, like a calm. Mm. What's the temperature of it? Perfect. It's just perfect. It's uh, yeah. I guess you just have like a really I guess that's nice, relative. Even nice. Cave yeah, yeah. I have a nice cave. It's like black rock with Powerade electric mm -hmm. blue lagoon. Yeah, and you got your other, black rocks. There, yeah, right, right, right. And uh, you know. The water is about, it's not warm. It's more towards cold. It's not really cold, but. It's just perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> it's, just, it's perfect I for me. I knew what you meant by perfect. You know, it's like that tepid. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to be under a, a waterfall of that temperature. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. So I really want you to just be there and hold that marble in the palm of your hands and feel like that water around you and look at the color of it. I want you to take your hand underneath the water. Can you see through the water? Mm-hmm. Okay, open the palm of your hand so your marble starts to, you can see the marble through this water. Is it staying in the palm of your hand or does it float up? It's floating away. Floating away, okay. Where's it going? Is it like Wilson from Castaway? Like, Wilson, like where's it going? It's not sinking. 
No, right. it knows where it's going. Yeah, it's going to my right because it's in my right hand. Follow it. Okay. Where's it going? Is it bobbing up and down in the water? Does it look like it has like a pretty straight direction? No, it's just floating, like without a care. So lay on your back and float with it without a care. Be like the marble of your heart. Let it go. Trust that you don't have to hold on to it so tightly. And that it will remain with you. Be with the essence of what it is showing you it truly is in its real nature, which is to float and to be without a care. Trust that you can be with that too. Emulate your marble of your heart. Emulate the real you from this place. And I want you to now imagine that all of the waters from this electric blue lagoon as your eyes are closed and you're floating without a care on top of it with your marble, are pushing you up. So it's like this tidal wave or like a geyser gently lifting you, pushing you up and through the cave and up through your other lagoon, through that sediment that we came down from and up into your lagoon and up to the top of your lagoon where you are bathing in the sun. And feel that coming from your pelvis, pushing all the way up into your core. Grab that energy and move it into your stomach area and breathe with it. You're grabbing your energy from one part of your body and pulling it into your core to use this energy to center you, to ground you, to make you feel whole. And because your marble is with you, which has to do with your heart, I want you to send this energy now up the river, up around the top of your heart. And let that energy just gently come through your heart with a warm, soft breath of acknowledgement. So you've pushed the energy literally from your pelvis all the way up to your core, basked in the sun, generated it in your own light, and taken it with your breath and pushed it through the rest of your river of breath through your heart where it disperses into light and warmth, sunshine, trust, love, faith, compassion for self acknowledgement, validation, serenity, home, home. What does it feel like in your heart as it entered in? Light. He just hit the microphone with, with his my head, nose. So you know what? I think it was pretty good. Yeah, it's a long nose. It feels light. It's a big mic. It, yeah. <laughs> you know what they say about those with big mics. <laughs> big windscreens. Big, big shows, right? What did it feel like? It felt just like a rush of energy. It felt light. And it felt energizing. I, I don't know. It felt 
consuming. Your energy's felt, here right yeah. now. You're even showing me with your hand. I'm very demonstrative right now. I love right it. Now. It, Do it, it feels like it's like my collarbones and out and he's, I just want to spread and he's stretch. He's spreading his like wings right now. He's like showing me where this energy is in his body right now, which is around his heart. And I feel it. It's around my heart. And when you breathe into that, it expands through your chest and over your shoulders and out through like parts of you that aren't even there. Like yeah. you, you had to do like this thing with your hands where you're extending your hands. It's it's parts of your energy field that you can't see because they're not physical. Mm-hmm. You've expanded your energy field. You've actually just expanded and strengthened your aura. That's why you can't see these places on you over, of like around your shoulders that you were just being touched by. And it feels like it's all being generated from your heart and coming out this way, right? Mm-hmm. Dispersed like this light, these light waves. These warm light waves coming all through you in this area. Well, it's just expanding your aura. So if you can breathe into that and be with that and drive home with that. That was excellent. I love like how present you are with that. Did you see anything new about your, your cave? that you didn't see before? Well, hello, besides the electric blue gorgeousness of that lagoon in there. There's an opening, like a a light opening, where I could see the sun, I could see the sky, perfect day out, maybe a few wispy clouds in the air. You could see that far out the opening? Yeah. Wow. And do you know where the waterfall might be? Because you can hear it. No idea. But it would be through that opening, wouldn't it? On either side somewhere. Mm -hmm. Like you can hear like a distant sound of it. Yeah, through that like a stream. We're going to get into that opening. So that was a little bit of sexual transmutation today. That was awesome. Because what is your cave? Your cave is your sexual energy. It's where your sexual energy is harbored. Your root chakra in your pelvis. You want to pull some energy out from somewhere? Pull it from your electric blue lagoon down there. You feel sexually charged by somebody? You feel sexually charged by yourself? You want to just transmute stress or anxiety or feelings of being out of whack? Go down into your electric blue lagoon. Pull that sexual energy up into your core and then send it where it needs to go. Today it needed to go to your heart because that blue marble, like the earth, like planet earth, is showing you you're already as home as you ever need to be. You've chosen this. You've chosen to follow your path of authenticity. You're already home. Now you just need to trust it. Thanks for coming to Let It Loose with me, Aaron. See you guys next week. Thank you.